Listener Production. There were mixed performances on Wall Street as US investors dodged another inflation bullet. And Aussie shares expected to open modestly lower on Thursday ahead of key jobs numbers. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday the 14th of September. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, under the circumstances, not a bad outcome with such an important night, the US inflation report. The end result was that we saw bonds fall a little bit in terms of their yield, and we saw the stock market do reasonably well under the circumstances, the NASDAQ up by a quarter of a percent, the S&P 500 up by a tenth of a percent, the Dow uh, down by around 0.2 of a percent. Move on. Well, we saw some more moves in financial markets, Tom, in reaction to the August US Consumer Price Index report, and that is in relation to the report reinforcing speculation that the US Federal Reserve will likely pause its rate hikes but refrain from calling the end of its tightening cycle when it meets next week. I always think of Jerome Powell as Clint Eastwood, right, and he sort of <laughs> comes into the saloon. He's still got his guns out. He hasn't put them back into the holster yet. Well, that's right, and the reason for that is we have seen some elements of this inflation report not really heading in the direction that the US what Federal Reserve in, would what like. What sticks in your craw, Ryan? Well, we've been talking about rising oil prices, and we did see gasoline prices jump 10.6% in the month of August, and that was behind the headline consumer price index lifting by 0.6% in the month, and that was the largest gain since June 2022. So we have seen oil prices broadly at 10-month highs in the last week or two, so this Concern around higher oil prices feeding into higher energy prices will persist. We did see... All right, so you've got... uh, We'll use the saloon analogy. We're playing poker. You've got a pair of aces. Uh, What do you say to the lowest call rate since September 21 with 4.3%? So the annualised number, as you say, 4.3%. That's the lowest since September 2021. So that's definitely heading in the right direction. I would add, though, that the call number that came in in August was slightly higher than expected. It was marginal. It was up 0.3%. <laughs> Economists were talking about a 0.2% lift. So what it was, we, it was what the markets were looking for, though, and it came down from 47 So, you know, I suppose you, it's unwise to seek perfection when it comes to these things. You know, we know that the headline is sticky when it comes to uh, any variant of inflation around the world. But if you're looking at that core outcome that is behaving the way it should. If you look back at the the core numbers, I think there was only one period there where we didn't see a a fall over the course of the last 12 months. It was like at the early part of this year, we saw a couple of months where it was steady and then it kept falling. So it's it's done reasonably well under the circumstances. It has. It is improving. So there are signs of progress towards the Fed's 2% target there. But as I said yesterday, it's going to be more challenging getting that core rate down between the 3 to 4% level down to 2% eventually. So what we saw last night, as we thought, there was a drop in prices of used cars and trucks. That was offset by high costs for motor vehicle insurance. The small declines suggest the progress towards low inflation would be slow. Core services, which is a key ingredient with all this, that rose 0.4% for a second month in a row lifted mainly by an increase in shelter costs are up 0.3%. So if you look at the core numbers, which is what the Fed focuses on, motor vehicle insurance is up 19.1% year on year, as is motor vehicle repairs up 17%. Pet food's up 8.7%. I won't go into every single category, but but, uh, what we have seen though is airline fares down by 13.3%, TV's down 10%. 
and broadly used car prices are down 6.6%. So what I'm suggesting here is we are seeing disinflation in particular amongst the goods categories, but services inflation still remains sticky and wages growth is still above 5% in the United States at the moment. And there's going to be a spanner in the works apart from rising oil and petrol prices at the moment. We've got a strike in the automobile sector on the horizon in the US, which could disrupt supply chains and boost motor vehicle prices if it lasts more than a month. We've already got lean auto inventories in America at the moment. We know it was like during the pandemic, slowing of auto production as well. The unions are seeking significant pay hikes from the Detroit big three automakers, which includes Ford and General Motors. So, of course, that's going to be something to look out for in the next day or two. It's a good point that you make, Ryan. That's been going on for some months now. There's a new leader of the uh, auto workers union in the US uh, from memory. He's trying to nail his colours to the mast. So he's making a name for himself globally. We're talking about him in Australia. We are. And of course, he's emboldened by Biden as president of the United States. He's a union man. He says he is. And of course, we have seen railroads and all sorts of unions stick their heads up over the course of the last 12 months or so. Indeed. So I just want to quickly um, look at the inner workings of the way that the uh, markets performed last night. They actually did a reasonable job of it. So post-open, we saw the markets sell off a little bit on that punchy headline number, uh, but they recovered quite nicely. So in the case of the S&P 500, it was down by a fifth of a percent at its lows. It was up by around 0.4 of a percent at its highs, and so finished just in positive territory. The NASDAQ was probably more interesting. So it fell away uh, by a decent margin in the early part of the session, but then it had a rally of about a percent from its lows to its highs. So I'm just mindful of sellers using strength to sell into the tech stocks in particular, given what we've seen over the course of the last couple of days. I don't know if you saw the headline out of uh, China last night, Ryan, about the suggestion that Apple's got some failings in security terms, and that is perhaps an angle that the Chinese are exploiting. Yes, Apple shares fell 1.2% as China flagged security problems with iPhones. So this has been an ongoing discussion in inverted commas <laughs> for the last few days. We've had the event from Apple, the iPhone 15's been released, and Huawei's been out and about with its own smartphone upgrades. And of course, we've seen the Chinese ban the use of iPhones amongst its state workers. So it's ongoing, this whole argy-bargy with the smartphones. But Apple's down 1.2%. But that said, as you mentioned, Tom, we did see those declines in US Treasury yields, only small ones, but they were supportive of those tech shares. And we saw the mega cap growth stocks like Tesla, Meta Platforms, Microsoft and Amazon gaining between 1.2% and 2.2%. So that put a floor under tech shares and propelled them slightly higher. It's an excellent point. And so just without getting into the granularity of it, uh, this inflation number for mine, tick the boxes, uh, move on next month. There's no reason why the Fed can't pause if it wants to. If it wants to be muscular, it could raise by a, a quarter of a percent, but then we're just sort of talking about a pause in the uh, uh, coming months. So is there anything here that you need to sort of wring your hands about and sort of expose your teeth? Well, I think the stickiness in services inflation has kept alive the prospect of another rate hike, most likely November if it happens. But certainly for next week, there's a 97% chance, according to markets, that 
the Fed will be on hold. They're in wait and see mode, much like most central banks around the world at the moment, to see whether they can win the fight against inflation. Indeed. For me, it's uh, a little more interesting just looking at the behaviour of the technology space, given that that has been the engine that's provided the leadership in recent times. So overnight, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index having been buffeted around lately. Uh, it was up by a half of 1% last night, so a little bit of a more constructive note compared to what we saw in the previous session, for example. This is uh, going to be quite interesting as far as the end of the year is concerned. If the gains are going to be preserved for these indices, it really comes down to how this neighbourhood arranges itself. Well, what we saw last night was a reversion back to the difference between tech shares with the NASDAQ outperforming versus the Dow Jones, which is more cyclical orientated. And we saw the Dow Jones fall last night down 70 points or 0.2%, and it was dragged lower mainly by 3M. Its shares were down 5.7% after the company's finance chief warned of a slow growth environment. And we did see some mixed performances as well. For example, Citigroup climbed 1.7% on plans to revamp its top management structure. And Ford Motor Shares lifted 1.6% on the vehicle maker's plans to double the production of its hybrid F-150 pickup truck in 2024. You'd be pleased with that, Tom. Oh, they are a fine device, those, uh, those pickup trucks. Uh, it's a great thing about America when you go there. It's like you know everyone has a pickup truck in some, some parts of the country, probably where they vote for Trump. And let's not get into that. Um, look, Europe, that was un- an unflattering uh, batch of economic news that we saw uh, in the European sphere. Industrial production in July, that was down by a pretty solid margin. Three months of gains in monthly terms come to an end there. Yes, Tom. So the continuation of concerns around the European economic story continues. As you said, industrial production fell by 1.1% in July. We've got the European Central Bank tonight, and European Central Bank officials will debate a quarter-point interest rate increase, and the decision could go either way. They could opt for a 10th consecutive hike in borrowing costs or choose to pause. And the quandary that they're facing at the moment is inflation is stuck at 5% and has the potential to slow further with more tightening. But of course, as I've just mentioned, there's increasing evidence of weakness in the Eurozone Mm. economy. So, Gun to your head. What does Madame Lagarde come out with tonight? The Commonwealth Bank's forecast is for a 25 basis point rate hike. I think it's going to be very, very close because there is less appetite to hike rates at the moment from yeah, central I, banks. I just have a feeling the Europeans will cave on this one. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, other figures showed that the UK economy also moderated in July. So that was actually a contraction of a half of 1% in, in the last month. That was the biggest contraction this year and bigger than the 0.2% fall that was expected. So the Bank of England meets next week. Is that going to be on their clipboard of things to look at? The expectation is the Bank of England will do another 25 basis points. Inflation there is far too like high. They don't have the room to move, do they? They don't. They've got wages growth of around 8% at the moment. So their capacity to be nimble with this is a lot less than the US Federal Reserve and European Central Bank. But interestingly, last night we saw retail stocks in Europe under pressure. They were down 0.9%. Shares of Zara owner Inditex, the world's biggest fashion retailer, its shares were down as much as 3% on higher operating expenses and concerns over future performance, and that overshadowed a 14% lift in gross profit. Today, we are going to kick off in negative territory by a modest margin, down 0.1% of a percent. We've got the employment report uh, looming, a large 
Look, the Reserve Bank is expected to be on hold next month. What would it take with these figures to change that perception? Well, consensus is for 25,000 jobs to be added during the month of August with the unemployment rate steady at 3.7%. We've got a forecast of a 40,000 increase in August, which is out of consensus. And in audible intake of air, that's a big number. It is, and that would reflect a big bounce back from the decline in jobs we saw in the prior month. So we saw a loss of jobs of 14,600 in July. The ABS, the Bureau of Statistics, attributed to timing around school holidays. So what we have seen in the past when this has happened is a bit of a bounce back or give back when it comes to those jobs numbers. So whether it's as strong as we're forecasting is debatable, but either way, it probably won't move the needle as far as the Reserve Bank's concerned. We think that an unchanged unemployment rate or an increase would reduce the odds of a rate hike in October. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment. In terms of commodity prices last night, the all Brent price was down 0.2% to 91.88 US dollars a barrel. US crude inventories rose by 4 million barrels last week. That confounded analyst expectations for a 1.9 million drop. So that saw those oil prices down. The gold price down 0.1% to 1932.50 US dollars an ounce. And iron ore futures rose for a third straight day, up 0.2% to 120.53 US dollars a tonne, buoyed by expectations of a pre-holiday restocking demand from steelmakers in China, although gains were limited by a weakening steel market. Indeed, the Aussie dollar has put on a little bit of uh, muscularity overnight, trading at 64.2 US cents, having been below that 64 US cent mark. Uh, an exciting day looms for the local market. Enjoy it. We'll be covering it off again with you tomorrow morning. Thanks for your time this morning. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.